Hey there, my name is Mark McCartney and welcome to the What Is A Good Life podcast. Over the last two years, I've interviewed over 170 people around this question, not to provide you with the universal answer, but to help you to find and define your own answer to this question. On the 44th episode of the What Is A Good Life podcast, I'm delighted to have Danielle Donnelly-Smith as our guest. Danielle is an astrologer, a yoga and meditation guide, an energy healing practitioner and teacher. And she also served as one of my early guides into exploring spirituality. In this episode, Danielle shares with us her journey of living a fully connected life. Whether it's bridging her dreaming and waking worlds, the conscious with the subconscious, or connecting and navigating enlightened moments with the more mundane aspects of life. She also discusses the importance of cultivating more consciousness within herself while acknowledging the challenges and struggles that that may entail. Our conversation, as it generally tends to do with Danielle, delves into spiritual and existential wanderings, exploring questions around the purpose of existence, the role of suffering in one's awakening, the sense of separation that presently exists in the world, and the significance of astrology in both mapping and making sense of our own interpretation of life. If you're eager to explore consciousness and ponder the meaning of existence without being given explicit answers, this conversation will be for you. While the breadth of topics, tools and experiences covered will offer you ample material for contemplation on how you can interpret existence and your own good life. Look, I took a hell of a lot from this conversation, as I always do with Danielle. She's someone who has a really unique perspective and experiences in life. So I think you're going to take a lot from this conversation. And if you enjoy this episode, please like, share and subscribe. And if you're on the podcasting platforms, please leave a review, as I'd greatly appreciate your support at this stage of my podcasting journey. So without further ado, the 44th episode of the What is a Good Life podcast. So Danielle, um, thank you very, very mm-hmm. much for joining me today on the What is a Good Life podcast. I've been somewhat goading you into having this conversation with me as you're one of my favorite spe- people to speak with in terms of all things, musings around what life, existence, the universe and so, uh, et cetera, is all about. Uh, so thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Mark, for, yes, for having me on here, finally. Um it is. It's always such uh, an excitement to have our wild and wonderful conversations that run off into um, such good topics, <laughs> you know, just to allow us to explore consciousness. And um, I think the greatest thing is that, you know, the the background connection that we have as well. I'm just like, isn't this just mad that you can know each other for years and then all of a sudden conversations just open up way beyond your uh, your understanding of each other so cool yeah and what Danielle is referring to there is we actually attended the same school and and knew each other through uh, mutual connections and our husband as well um, and in the time that we knew each other initially we never none of these topics ever remotely <laughs> came up uh, I was a little bit behind Danielle in terms of where my curiosity went to in life. Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a great thrill as always, Danielle. Danielle, as I tend to start off these conversations with, it is with the question of: Is there a question, Danielle, that you're trying to answer as you move through life? So with that uh, question that I'm always asking. What is the meaning of this is generally the the burning question that kind of gets me going each day. Every little connection that we make is is often a synchronicity of a fractal of something else that is played out. And even though that is super exciting to watch these things play out, there is often that thing at the back of my head going, but why? (laughs) Why are we watching this play out like this? 
Um, uh, it's the same when it comes to, I'm, as I've shared with you before, I'm uh, kind of a very vivid dreamer, lucid dreaming, and um, and I suppose in my clairvoyant or, or intuitive space. So when I start to experience dreams that have the same linking to waking life, um, you kind of say, okay, so there's like, you know, some sort of thread between those two uh, realms of, you know, the subconsciousness and the waking consciousness. And it's like, okay, so then why? Why are we experiencing this play out like that? Um, and, and I suppose I've, I'm still not at the end of that answer, but <laughs> the biggest quest, the biggest question, yeah, to, to answer your question would be, uh, what is the purpose of experiencing life in this um, beautiful design that uh, we, we see play out? Yeah, do you know, Danielle, this is a, I just had a conversation before settling down to the, recording this podcast and it was, some of it was this question as well, like why, like I can almost get used to the idea that, okay, there could be, there could be a God, there could be a, you know, it could be reincarnation, it could be all of these things and I'm, I'm comfortable with the existence of multiple dimensions and hell, I'm even comfortable with the existence of uh, a multiverse, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know, like we don't even have to go into the spiritual realms. Uh, physicists are saying there could be, we could live in an infinitely or an infinite kind of multiverse, which is more kind of fantastical even than, than uh, maybe even some of my explorations into consciousness or whatever else. And then I'm I'm brought back to the question of, so why like it, i i don't know like i'm even comfortable with the idea of the duality of experience uh, that we are all connected we are all one but then yeah where where are why? you with this yeah. question of why yeah well, so so for me i um i look at it generally through the lens of astrology which has been my anchor to help me through this now i didn't start with astrology before that it was just spirituality the ability to see something that isn't in our physical existence yet i can't deny it so i've come from that realm first the the kind of the intuitive realm first and that has always been a guide so i will constantly listen to dreams to intuitive guidance whether that's just a feeling or or a sense or um a synchronicity of things that occur you're like you can't ignore that and that's been my life guide and then now as I've um, been training as an astrologer and a consulting astrologer sharing it with others as well it, it gets to a point where I'm like okay well let's try map this intuitive realm or um, you know non-tangible realm to a map how I see it through the astrology lens and then apply that to how we continue to live, because we have to then continue to make choices, live through with our responsibilities, our, our soul quest, all that sort of stuff. So it's like to take um, something very intangible to something that we live with tangible and play it out through a field that I would like to say is a map. That is our astrology chart, the transits that we go through. But even when I do look at that, so it's not, it's not to say none of that makes sense but even when I do look at that there are still so many little paradoxes that we still have to live with that that's where I'm kind of like okay so we're still living with the challenges we still have to experience 
highs and lows. It's, it's part of our learning quest. And often when I sit with that, because I can have tremendous highs uh, followed by this thing of like, but why? And that brings you down. That really kind of anchors something that you would say is kind of a sense of enlightenment that kind of gives you all the answers. So I could give an answer, but I could give an answer that sounds very far-fetched and detached from life, from physical life. This is how I would see it. But then that doesn't seem to give us any sense of merging or um, weaving the two together so that we can live coherently with the challenges that present itself. So for example, the paradox of ex experiencing something that would be considered an enlightened experience and yet then having to come back and live, you know, sit in traffic or do the dishes, you know, do the very mundane experience. And then it seems like as if that enlightened experience has just evaporated, yet consciously you know it hasn't. So you're there and you're doing your dishes or you're driving or you're stuck in traffic and you're feeling the very regular <laughs> emotions of that uh, tedious, mundane task that you have to do. Yet at the same time, you've got that background experience of, but this is something so much greater than this. Yes, this is me doing my physical responsibilities, my tending, my service to life. Um, for me, service to my kids, to my husband, to my to my family, to my community. You 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 get into that frame of mind of okay, so I'm in service to that. Yet then you allow yourself that ability to be pulled out into a vast sphere of consciousness that like literally turns a black and white picture into a colorful movie do you know what I mean and then it's the, the bit where I'm still at the why is living in between that experience living in between something in full color and you know high speed and then something in, in a black and white 2d photo and then allowing the two of those things to coexist so that you can gain enjoyment out of both or bring one into the other and, and vice versa, the mundane comes with you to this life of um, full color. And so not that I have really come anywhere close to answering that, but the best that I do to my knowledge is, uh, is just simply like, like we've spoken about before, that sense of meditation, of awareness, to, to try and pause and catch yourself in the very regular moments and just watch. And experience that and it doesn't necessarily make it go away make it any less any more interesting or uh, you know or any worse um, but it does give you a moment of a pause where you're just observing and then that sense of observing this design play out that's where these two start to play out and you see a fractal of opposites play out in a way and then it's you that are, you're the one consciously bringing them into union through your awareness of the two of them. One is whatever you want to call it, spiritual, multidimensional, whatever it is. And the other is, is, is surface, it's work. Um, and it's only through your awareness, your consciousness that you thread the two together. So therefore, everything comes back to you as an individual, despite that not being a big enlightened concept, you know, that it's not you, it's not about you, it's about the greater 
I. That's where I would kind of beg to differ. It's like you can't dismiss the sing the singular person's experience because what they do is thread the two. And without that individual threading high consciousness to mundane reality, then then we've lost the connection. We've lost the point of the, you know, the conduit. But that's where energy flows from somewhere of a higher dimension down into physical life. What do you think? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Like it's um, it, when you were talking there, what was coming to mind was uh, just how almost the question ceases to be in that space of awareness, um, but then not to ignore the duality of the experience. So it's kind of uh, where the answer to that question exists is not a place where words exist. <laughs> yeah and and that's when you get to that pure living sense of enlightenment where you've experienced that sense of there's no need for an answer there's no need for a a tone or yeah so but in this uh in the part of me that has a conversation right like um that question it it feels like even as you were talking and like yeah i know the the the, the color picture the black and whatever like just why why <laughs> like you, you know what I mean like and even to my own words there it's just like but I, I genuinely I don't know I've I have this feeling that it's just I I have I feel we get to the other side of something like where we get even space from the duality or some experience right like whenever whether we whether it's through passing or maybe it's through momentary experiences and in whatever form we're taking, if we're somewhat still conscious of the experience of a human uh, in that form, I almost think we have a good old laugh at ourselves. Like just that you simply almost just had to, and this doesn't suit my mind because as much as I like spaciousness and uh, I like, you know, not to be distracted with things, when my mind is going, it's a very like uh it's quite a rational mind as well, if if you know what I mean. Like it's looking for evidence or it's looking for answers. Yeah. And and so it's it's a funny thing. Like a, I think it's a like it's a mo- it's a dancing in and out of almost needing the answer to the question. Yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. I I feel like you can you can merge both though is, is yeah. also the closest thing yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. is that yeah. you can merge both and that the the magic of something that's um intangible can be brought into the very tangible realm um and but the simplest way is to to allow it to come and go and and that's where you, you start to kind of go into that whole sense of you, you become detached from that that craving of an answer or that need to find it in fulfillment in every moment. And you bring, you begin to just allow it to be part of say your morning, morning ritual, your meditation, or, or um, you bring it into little moments or little pockets where you're um, tending to life in service with that, that experience somewhere in you, you know, in your heart where you're just like, okay, that's where, that's where that existence of it is and you bring it into life but then you continue without without trying to over rationalize then every other little moment um 
that there's yeah. something to it as well where i i think um and i i kind of i'm looking at this from both like a let's say even a spiritual perspective but also even like a a very material psychological perspective which is just like a a deep acceptance of what is so you know even to the question of of why uh why does this almost like why does this exist at all or why is this and just by virtue of the simple fact that it is in some ways it can't be any other way you know as in this very singular moment in time cannot be any other way other than how it is so in in a strange way that kind of well i still come back to the question like as in you know one one question for me is in terms of this is just like you know if if god in whatever capacity we think god uh, takes form or doesn't take form depending on your beliefs i always think if god was experiencing bliss already why did god create this realm <laughs> do, you, do you know what i mean like like what's what's the significance of putting these tiny little actors through, through this like tumble dryer of an experience if bliss or as a knowledge was already there or a contentment was already there but then also i don't know i sometimes wonder as well does god actually care about the morality that we have potentially created in god's name into the same way that we connect with that morality like or is this uh you know or is this is this just playing out as it is as, as it always has done as it always will do I think the concept of of God is is then a tender one because uh as you said the the idea of if bliss existed if contentment existed if the sense of alignment existed then why create all these actors but are we not in one way or in one theory um living out as fractals of consciousness god consciousness we're living out as fractals of that to find ourselves through a different lens and so if if each of us are of the god consciousness yet living a life that's vastly different from one person to the next then surely all we're trying to do is find ourselves or find this oneness with god consciousness find our way back to that in the lens through the lens that we're living our choice of life through therefore your question of of what was it the what why would why would we live out like this is there is there any morality to it i say well I, it's not i don't even think that it's that there is a god consciousness that cares or does not care i don't think it's like oh we've been left here i don't i don't feel it like that yeah, yeah yeah um if anything i feel like free will is what we have therefore free will is the choice of us to find ourselves in in the choices that we have through the the play of life that we're existing through to to find some sense of faith of ourselves or of god consciousness um and and i know that can be such a triggering conversation for many depending on on their life circumstances like even as you say like um if someone has a sick child or something like that you know you you get to that point of going what well, like surely not but then 
and this isn't a blanket answer to any but to everybody but having lived with uh you know uh, my sister had had uh, trisomy 18 so having lived through my lens the perspective of and watching probably didn't understand obviously as a as a child growing how my parents went through it but now as a as a parent myself looking at what they went through and seeing how they made certain life choices based on that the best i can come away with is how they chose to respond to how their life played out how they chose to um teach us as the whole family to respond to these situations um and and that so therefore that's something i've grown up with therefore that's something that becomes one of my pillars of of um re- responding to the world is yeah sometimes things just don't go to this idealistic plan and and they seem incredibly cruel uh you know but nevertheless they can sometimes have great teachings in it even when there is tremendous sickness and the and just the challenges of going through what sickness can bring which can be a lengthy process um and of course then grief and death they they bring their own really heavy circumstances um that massively alter your perspective of of life but when you go into those experiences with some sense of of um and not trying to dismiss the the heaviness or the darkness of that when you can gain yourself through through a certain period of time you can approach those uh those emotions so unlock those emotions that become kind of heavy heavy burdens and baggage and process them in your own way that 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 slowly allow you to um i suppose polish up those gems <laughs> i mean they're not just lumps of coal polish it up and make something um of it because it is your piece of wisdom that you've lived through and through that some time yes length of time you you eventually come out the other side with with um wisdom it makes it set, like that's that's an age old kind of lesson of you know just you know work hard i don't mean it like that it's more like sit with the challenges sit with um difficulties even if it's simple as like finding um that pull between you know something idealistic and something you know responsible it's to sit with those challenges and then um find find the find that piece that glues those two polarities together which is how we started the conversation is is that ability to find yourself as the conduit that joins hardship or whatever it is that has pulled you down are giving you a sense of challenge or like you said you know left all these people here where's the morality in that it's like well then it comes down to how you perceive that so therefore you come back to being the actual the lens the channel that that the conduit that unites that perspective with heightened consciousness or god consciousness therefore you've realized yourself you've realized god consciousness in the path that you've lived therefore you've found yourself it may not suddenly magically make your life just become some glittery like red carpet that's i don't know if that's even the point of it but you've somewhere along your path found yourself in your challenges you've found yourself in the dualistic nature of or the paradox paradoxical nature of life and you've found yourself in that to the point that you can 
have faith in the journey sit with the journey and and um some way let it play out with your awareness from this you know and, and oftentimes it's it's it takes something really hard to bring someone into that space of viewing life like that um often that can be totally you can just go carry on living a happy life without realizing that hardship exists maybe but um oftentimes it's those that have been through the hardest things have uh a much stronger perspective, a much stronger capacity to alter their perspective because they've traveled to the depths of themselves and been able to bring themselves back into balance a bit. I'm, um, I'm always intrigued. I, I don't know what your thoughts on it, but um, do you ever see that even with, um, you know, through the various uh, mediums that you work through as well, even on sometimes on on retreats, um, you know, teaching yoga, meditation, obviously there's astrology and different things like that for you. Um, what do you think, what is it about this suffering piece um, and kind of bringing people into this world? Like, it, it almost it almost seems like a rite of passage for people that I've met along this path. Like, how do you kind of see that sit or the, I'm not trying to like make a universal uh, logic out of it, but what mm. is it about that? Like when you observe that? Yeah. Well, when you, when you, re when you um, reflected back to say, I've recently come, come back from a uh, retreat where we, uh, we worked with the ley lines, the energy of the land, but kind of the living astrology of these pieces um, and, and working through the archetypes of energy that exist through time, through space, in ourselves, as a collective, as a group. And um, <clears throat> yeah, one of the biggest themes that came up was, was this sense of suffering or separation. And um and I think that's somewhere along the way, you know, this idea of where does this uh, collective suffering, why why does it need to even exist? I, I often wonder that myself, why does it need to exist? But then I, I would definitely, um, a bit more of a far-fetched uh, answer, I would definitely see a timeline of existence going through much bigger polarities. And so... I definitely feel like we are in a uh, we are in the era era of like this this lower level where the sense of separation is not just on the individuals, not just on a, a small generation. It's on a much larger scale collective, um, and and we're at that pendulum swinging. We're at that almost end uh, of these times where the sense of suffering is not just felt from a, an individual. You're actually starting when you tune into it to feel the sense of suffering that has been a collective for an age, if I could say that. And that age of suffering certainly feels like as if um, there has been some sense of descent of consciousness, of our sense of connection to consciousness, one consciousness. Um, and that descent from one consciousness has played out in its vast ways over the centuries, over the times of, of this age of darkness. Um, 
or you know like uh, I'm kind of seeing it like a horizon so if you think of it like the age of darkness has been this collective series of time and we're coming to the end of to the point that we're feeling it so intensely that that this sense of suffering is also through its intensity getting somewhat um, alchemized or transmuted because we are now beginning to feel it as not just an individual suffering, we're beginning to see it as a collective suffering. We're beginning to feel and feel it as a collective suffering. Therefore, more and more people are waking up to being a conduit of merging this sense of separation, this sense of, of suffering. And as we approach the end of this age of darkness, uh, we get to that point where so many have felt into their personal and then the greater scope of collective suffering becoming a conduit of healing merging um, that sense of separation the age ends and we we flip into or we rise into uh, a brighter age or a golden age where we we live out an age and so this is not out to the individual because an age is what 26 something thousand years do you know what I mean so it's it's a, yeah, it's yeah. a really long period of time so we're knocked down to one individual's life making a huge difference but at the end of this timeline um we're getting to that stage where we're reaching that sense of oh I can feel like we're merging that uh sense of suffering or the sense of separation to the point that we will enter an, an era of enlightenment which has been prophesized for various different cultures ancient cultures have prophesized this turning of the wheel uh, and this shift of of the cycle of the um, the ages where we go from the age of darkness into the age of the golden the next golden age and this isn't the first golden age this is the fifth golden age so it's not like as if it's um the first time for this ever to happen but perhaps for us as we live this now it's the first time for it to happen through such a conscious effort um, and with more and more people consciously becoming aware of anything from uh, astrology, spirituality, psychology, um, people are finding ways of becoming this bridge between the sense of suffering, the sense of separation that isn't just down to the individual. It's, it's, it's a sense of a collective. Therefore, if we start to spread out that timeline and say, okay, we're all God consciousness, but we're living out in fractals of a an individual and we're coming to the end of one small cycle I think we mentioned this a few weeks ago it's like a blink <laughs> or it's an in-breath yeah, and an yeah. out-breath and this out-breath or whatever it is that we've been living in is coming to its end and just before we're starting to feel this like sense of excitement as we we bring ourselves into a new state of consciousness and that's why so many are starting to, to bridge that separation of, of, um, of suffering from, from this heavy sense of suffering to bridge it into a sense of it's part of part of our breathing. It's part of the cycle of, of, of breathing, of getting to know ourselves, to allow ourselves to exhale, to go down, to let go, to surrender, to feel darkness. To then feeling an inhale, a, a, a lifting, a soaring of, 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 of energy um, into a brighter sense of consciousness and then a sense of aliveness again. 
And so, if, I don't know, for me, that's the greatest thing that I can find in peace of this, because of course, yeah, you're yeah. still tethered to the individual. So you're, you know, and this is where, um, how I started with you is like this pull from something so big to something so regular. But then this, is this not it? We are living it. We are living this conduit, this bridge between the individual and the vast consciousness. And then the existence of that in the everyday is very much part of every single person becoming like this vast grid. You know, if, 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 you, if you thought of every single person as just a thread, a tube, a channel, <laughs> and in each of those uh, channels they become filled with this awareness of consciousness right when they become that bridge of consciousness when they become the ability to bridge their life their own perspective with something vast their own sense of connection to a greater sense of faith then that little channel lights up right or that thread yeah, yeah. becomes bright and then you start to see all of these little channels and these threads lighting up, connecting, creating this huge grid of light or, or of, of, um, of awareness. And then all of a sudden you zoom out <laughs> and you suddenly see that that's just one eye. You know, that's just one perspective, but it's got like a million trillion different tiny little pieces connected inside of it. But it was just, it was in a moment where his eyes was closed and then all of a sudden the eyes open and we're, you know, that's the, that's its cycle. But we at this moment in time are living through our fractal, our small version of that. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. what we can do is, is simply bring some vast macrocosmic, massively spanning concept and bring it into bring it into our lives and instead of it being our little life of very mundane and difficult and challenging you make your very greatest work out of your your daily life and your your simple practices become these beautiful rituals you know and and that's yeah, yeah. like that that's a big part of you know making life a ritual in terms then daniel of how you see it then um is this like, uh, you know, when you're talking about this age that we're in and a pendulum swinging and it, it's almost uh, like it's prophesized, this is how it will be, this is how it's almost how it's supposed to be. Um, but then within that, what's almost moved, like is the individual effort to bring or the individual intention to bring themselves into into awareness, is that... Does that have any effect on the pendulum in your in your kind of idea, or is this pendulum happening either way? If you get me, like, I, like I'm just you know me, I always I always. Well, no, I I could I could yeah. um, I have two answers. I probably would have two answers to that because it is of course yeah. down to free will and, and choice. So therefore, it is down to the individual to want to do that and to find there and, and that's where you label it yourself label your sense of faith or your sense of uniting consciousness god or or other it's yours your individual choice having said that i also believe that the pendulum is swinging and regardless that eye is is opening that one consciousness is about to take an inhale it's coming to the end of an exhale if we use that metaphor 
In terms, and Danielle, of even like the work that you do with astrology, like the, you know, I'm, as I mentioned to you before, I'm always super intrigued by this, uh, this line of inquiry or investigation or this tool or this expression. I'm just curious in, could you explain to, let's say someone who isn't maybe initiated with astrology or maybe thinks of astrology almost as this little thing in the paper, you, you know, or mm-hmm. making a prediction or something like that, like, okay. Like, could you explain to to people even just the the process that you take people on and the the the, the areas that you explore with this work? Um, so the 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 type of astrology that I would look at isn't this typical predictive in a newspaper type of yeah. astrology. It's much more of a psycho spiritual psycho spiritual analysis of the holographic living astrology that we are. Um, an individual is born at a one time on a date in a specific location okay so that's that's what identifies that person's birth energy and that birth energy is literally a snapshot or a capture of of a moment in time of an energy coming through a channel in that exact moment okay and therefore, that type of, of energy, even though that's just a, a singular a snapshot of that moment in time, that can give us a huge amount of information about that person's archetypal structure of energy that they're going to play with. Now, they all have uh, choices and life circumstances that will play out, depending on if they move away from where they were born uh, or they... Um, meet and engage with other people they're now meeting and engaging with another energy and then those energies engage um and so on the birth if we just stick with the birth chart itself that gives you your um it's a sense of your persona which is your like rising sign what most astrologers will call the ascendant or rising sign and that gives you your general arrival energy okay so it's your typical persona that you're going to default into it often could be even your um, appearance and things like that and that's where you can play around with um, with where you look at someone with their particular astrology and you can see their astrology play out in them but then you've got their sun sign which everyone's mostly aware of is their zodiac their sun sign and that's your sun sign so it's your sense of waking consciousness so your sense of waking consciousness is how you're radiating your fractal of consciousness in this moment in this waking world now in this dimension um along with that we also have our mercury which is our way of communicating our way of perception um how we connect the dots uh and so then depending on its its sign you know if it's in a fiery sign they're going to be a you know a fast talker or very vivid um visionary in terms of their mercury sign or if it's um much more watery perhaps it's very much more of an intuitive type of perception or um, more feeling based of how they communicate and connect the dots. And so this is how you start to build kind of a, an entire package of a person. They're not just their sun sign. Um, their Venus would be their, their values. Again, that could be in a different zodiac sign. So you could be a um, water, a cancer sign, okay? Uh, but you have, you know, a different Mercury and a, and a different Venus, and therefore you're building up a different layer of your personality Anyway, each of the planets have 
various different archetypes uh, and different ways, modes of playing out and how then your energy wants to express itself, you know. Um, we also have our moon and our moon is very much our soul piece. And so if we think of, um, if you think of the, the imagery of the solar system, okay? <laughs> the solar system is our sun, okay? Our sun has its planets going around it in its um, little dance. And so if we then apply that macrocosmic image to ourselves, uh, our, our solar our sun, our solar consciousness is this central piece. Yet we're living in an embodied state through the earth because we're here on earth. So literally everything that I describe is based on my earthly perspective. It's not based on my Venusian perspective. I'm embodying in earth. So therefore it's the earthly perspective. What orbits the earth is the moon. Therefore this moon becomes this soul piece this soul language that is constantly guiding how the body is to engage. The soul piece isn't just, um, isn't just, or the, sorry, the moon piece isn't just the emotions, which a lot of people will say, it's your emotions, it's your, you know, how you feel about things and nurturing that, that inner world. It is, it is nurturing that inner world and, and your emotions, energy and motion are a huge guide to how you engage with your lunar piece. But your lunar piece is also, so your moon sign is also connecting you to your astral. So the non-tangible, it's this soul piece that is constantly dancing around your body, your physical body, threading you, connecting you to the solar consciousness piece, the sun, the solar energy. So it's as if through your body, you've got, uh, through your, your physical vessel, you've got this communication of a lunar piece, a script, and a solar script. And through that dance, you have how you engage with the world through your emotions or your inner perspective and through how you want to express this light in this waking reality. Um, and so if, if I was to just do a birth chart, you, we, we would go through all of that, but then we would be looking at how each of those personal planets are being hit by the current planets that are playing out. Then you've got this communication going on. And so each time, for example, you've got you know, one of the bigger planets that are slow moving, Pluto, for example, if Pluto was to hit one of your personal planets, Pluto is a very slow moving planet. You're gonna spend at least, let's just say two years minimum of feeling Pluto activating, for example, your sun. If Pluto is to activate your sun, Pluto would be the archetype of alchemy and transmutation. And so as Pluto is playing out, dancing on your sun sign, you've got to alchemize your consciousness. You don't have a choice, really. It's either going to be fight it and watch how that like rumble plays out or surrender and play out this total transformation death and rebirth would be the themes of Pluto allow that sense of death and rebirth to play out with your solar consciousness how you experience this waking reality it's wild if you've ever experienced anyone who's gone through Pluto to their sun it's an intense process and so that's <laughs> that's just one that's more of an extremity but that is how the language of astrology plays out for each individual but we also have 
collective. So you've got like each country can have its birth chart. You know, when it's declaration of independence is signed, you can look at the birth chart of that country of your business. You can do the same for that. And therefore, like you say, the hermit that lives on its own, it's not actually on its own at all. You're constantly engaging with another type of energy that has its own dynamic of macrocosmic energy that has been imprinted into an individual's consciousness. Therefore, that individual's consciousness is continuously playing out, yes, from their individual perspective, but permanently contacted with this macrocosmic consciousness. And that's just keeping it within our solar system. That's not even going out <laughs> to the six stars, which obviously I've spoken to you about, but that's where you start to really play with, uh, with a malleable consciousness. And this is... Um... This is like what well, you said there is pretty wild, right? Like, like I, I know in terms of like f for how um, familiar you are with this, that you've just given the probably the, the base level or the foundation uh, information there. But I, f I find this super fascinating because like, I've, I've had you read charts of mine before. Like, it's something that I, I, I think is really a fascinating component to trying to understand myself or even I don't know even using these things as maps as to when to know to deploy energy and when not to deploy energy and I have a friend who's a who's a film director but his family are are there's a, a couple of people in his family that are are you know they're deeply involved in their study of astrology and things like this and they 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 like he the guy also gives um you know, he hosts sessions with people and he reads them through it. Um, but the thing that surprised me a few years ago when he first talked to me about this was just the prevalence of actual business owners and business people that, that he had as his clientele. Like there's something, there's something, I don't know, just the reason why I, was, I wasn't trying to come up with a, a, a dismissive or lazy idea of astrology when I mentioned the paper clippings the thing the reason why I mentioned it is because that's almost where it is in popular culture but what I love talking to you about this stuff is just it becomes so apparent that the, there's a depth of knowledge there's a depth of study in this and just even when I think about life from a a chaos theory point of view so an infinitesimally small change can have a huge impact on um on a larger system over time so sometimes when i think of people not maybe engaging with this aspect of inquiry fucking hell like <laughs> what what sort of effects could a planet's movement you know when we, it's it's almost the complete inverse of it if you know what i mean mm. because now you're talking about an extremely large system have its its potential effect on an infinitesimally small part of the structure yeah. like I don't know, there's something I find super fascinating to this line of inquiry and helping people understand, yes, their own individual relation with themselves. And as you say, almost like an Earth-like perspective or interpretation of the planet, but also just that you still are like this quite small thing in a, an extremely vast and almost infinite system, if you get me. Absolutely. And I think it's, I don't know that and that you know that is exactly why I say why why would you have so much consciousness in one small person's existence 
Um, but but you're right. So many, so many business owners, so many politicians, so many, you know, high level people um, have used and continue to use uh, the interpretation of of astrological events um, to to help to help them as part of a huge um, guide in in their choices of what they're going to do in, in the choices of what that business is or that entity is going to um, seed because at the end of the day the way astrology looks at things is you've got seed points and then you've got you know if you think of it as the moon you've got the new moon is considered a seed point a point of conception where energy begins and whatever you start at that conception point has its cycle to play out and so that you can really uh manipulate that to your advantage say I'm going to really intend to alter and upgrade my perception on this at this moment in time because it is at a, a really um prolific or profound moment where I can, can run with this energy I can see this come to fruition um and then that allows itself to flower out and and, and you har harvest the benefits from that that seed that you planted and you allowed it to to come full bloom, full cycle. Um, and it's been used for centuries. Like astrology, astronomy were one of the same centuries back. It was, it was how temples and structures were constructed because they were constructed to align with a particular stellar, and I'm not just talking planetary, I'm talking stellar alignment because that's how we can harvest, we can uh, seed and accumulate such huge pools of consciousness. Portals of energy can be activated through our engagement with this. It, like you say, it will go on for those that don't want to get involved with it. It, it, it goes on whether you like it or not. Um, but you can, you can become an active engagement with it and start to work on it with yourself or like I was saying, we went to temples, you connect with the energy, the holographic living astrology that exists in temples that are ancient. You gain understanding of life through that. That is also part of your individual help and guidance for your individual life, but it also feeds into the collective because you've taken it in for yourself, but inevitably you're part of the collective. So your energy spills out into the others and then it becomes part of the greater cycle. So it's this constant, you know, role of energy playing, playing out and how you engage with it is just down to your level of consciousness. You can be totally unconscious of it if, if and many can and want and choose to, or you can be really conscious of it. And that's, that's the hard part. If you're going to be really conscious of it, then you have to actually work with it. Is there... As, as you continue with your practice and studies, like, are there things that are evolving for you in terms of, like, are there elements to this that continue to surprise you or that, like, are there, are there ways in which it reveals itself to you that continues to, I don't know, just leave you in a deep state of, like, curiosity with it all? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> your, your, your smile says it all <laughs> uh, yes uh, I on my own personal curiosities and where that kind of 
um, the paths that leads me down. Um, <clears throat> I definitely kind of feel like there is uh, an unfolding of of such to to get to a point where you. Um, Yeah, you have to you have to start living it. Like I said, you have if you're going to open up to that much consciousness, then then you you can't really turn your back on that much consciousness. That much that is tethered together. You can't turn your back on it. And that so sounds that bloody be... painful, even the idea of turning your back on it. Like I don't know, it makes me even think of some of my own practices. Like Yeah, well, like, like everyone has had it. Everyone's had that moment where they're like, that is exactly what I have to do but it's a very hard path like no one's gonna not many are going to continuously choose a path that's you know um filled with a few hardships which requires a massive tearing down of some of the constructs that we've built up and nurtured do you know what I mean so uh, you know that's never um really a plain sailing idea nevertheless committing to that it doesn't mean that it's actually that bad. It just means that your commitment or your sense of faith to that past choice, um, you know, honoring the the amount of consciousness you open yourself up to, then you must commit and continue forward. Therefore, the path isn't that difficult. It just, it originally seems quite arduous. But then as you continue to allow it to unfold, it actually is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Therefore, things do roll out lovely sequences of events play out despite you thinking that it's hard um there is a there's a part to some of this where i think in even in my own experience it's um some of this seems to be almost like a a training for being able to tolerate or handle higher frequencies of consciousness or like even if it was a plug or something like a, a higher level of voltage that can run through the appliance almost uh, because sometimes I think the way I viewed this initially like because look I've when we were when we became friendly in London about eight years ago or so like that was my introduction to a lot of these things like whether it was meditation or psychedelics or like Inter intermittently dipping my toe into yoga or even astrology or you know just a very curious um um a, like integration of a lot of different things in different ways but you know there's a an element to this where i almost was falling too much into the almost like the performance aspect of this like you know mark's being conscious oh good mark mark's being not conscious <laughs> yeah. bad mark you, you know what i mean like yeah. in this very binary judgment of my own spiritual path or my own level of consciousness or awareness and what i'm kind of what's kind of becoming clearer to me over the last few years and it also just you kind of maybe even jog this thought along or walk this thought along when you were talking about like the the Pluto's position in respect to the sun and different things like this. I do think sometimes we're we're almost viewing ourselves while there can be choice in different things. We are also influenced by our environment, right? So mm -hmm. it's this kind of really interesting part, whereas like a lot of this is almost to me feels like training for can you handle 
can you handle not viewing this in a very linear kind of one step after the other, but in this kind of more magical, like magical in the sense of like it doesn't fit the the constructs of my of my mind and my belief system growing up and you know these kind of things. It's almost like a training for an expansion of being able to handle more consciousness, and it, it's super interesting. Like just instead of us thinking that we have to you know, sprint to an end point like we do with a lot of, you know, hobbies that we pick up or things in which we compete against each other. You don't have to do this tomorrow. Like life is just with our intention and then it's co-creation between life, the solar system, the planets, whatever. It's like this mad kind of like opening yourself up to handle whatever, whatever, whatever it evolves into next. I think it's, um, yeah, it it is it, it, like I said. It's it's not about the competition or the ego part of yourself saying, "Oh, well done, I did this," and you know, I've I've achieved a particular harmony uh, of of living in in existence with you know um, awareness and servitude to life. Um, I yeah, I think it 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 has to be something that just is. And that's probably the hardest thing as our current social standard is not about just being. Um, society requires us to be doing, <laughs> doing and achieving. That's that's like the, the biggest message we've all been ingrained with. It's like, what are you doing and how are you striving and how are you achieving more through that sense of doing? Um, and then the absolute opposite of that is how can you be how can you just be as you are and and witness the sense of evolution going on within you as you engage with a sense of harmony um, towards being in life? And that that to me, I think, is is probably the the greatest thing to do <laughs> is to just be and be in harmony as it unfolds. Because, like you say, it's it's not really a race. It's not going to just suddenly happen once you reach that point and then suddenly everything's going to open up I think if anything it is just a matter of allowing the energy to slowly um, acclimatize within yourself like you say the the idea of the plug or the ability to to um, build a sense of strength of holding a certain amount of of energy current through you Um, and that comes with a sense of constantly being a vessel of holding being a vessel of witnessing allowing yourself to be a bridge between a mundane and a, a brighter sense of uh, of enlightenment and then becoming that like becoming that be like being it and holding being that bridge between the two and that is that is i think one of the hardest things as a society we all find um that we, we find that kind of the biggest challenge is to be just be <laughs> um you can yeah, yeah. you can be when you're meditating you can be when you're practicing yoga you can be when you're having like great conversations you're just there you're with with that person um but inevitably we have to then move and i think you've you've expressed that the greatest is when you've been able to just walk be in engagement with yourself and your awareness of that and and it just that's it so those transitions bringing bringing all this awareness into all these little micro moments of life it's a it's it's a practice I think so many need to do 
look, Danielle, just conscious of the time here. Yeah. Um, and look from how we started things off wondering why, <laughs> why, 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 um, why is there anything at almost, at all, almost, almost to investigation of, you know, what the, the possible meaning for it could be, what the, what the, what the point of existence is almost this merging between the mundane and the miraculous, the, you know, the unaware, the, the aware, the conscious, like the, the sense of, you know, holding a, a larger perspectives, but also the, the, the responsibility that comes with almost a smaller self, as opposed to even just the larger eye in terms of service, you know, you're talking about service to family, to, to friends, to, to your community, a connection, and touching on ideas like just a, a expanding, coming more into to consciousness, being a connecting point between almost an inter that allows we almost become this tool that allows the intertwining of 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 what can seem almost like the duality of life and and you know accepting that any along this path, uh, this spiritual path or whatever anyone wants to call it, uh, there are ups and downs. Like there's nothing about this that is going to be a, that is going to be an escape from the human experience, but almost having this faith or this trust um, in the unfolding of life and the, in the now of life as well. And then obviously just touching on, you know, seeing this in the bigger picture too, in terms of astrology, the, the, the wonder of just almost the inquiries of the moving of the planets, the the connectedness of it all, and and even just exploring our own kind of ideas around expanding this consciousness or this capacity for us to hold all this, to be a vessel for all this, to be a container for some of this to play out both on the micro and the macro. After such a conversation, it seems like maybe a strange jumping off point to ask you, maybe even just the very simple question. Uh, but as I tend to finish these conversations, Danielle, it's with the question of what is a good life for you? After the conversations we've had, diving into all the, the vastness and, and the mundane realms that we can play with, a good life is a connected one. The very simple ability to be connected, to be that uh, witness, that loving witness. Um, and, and like I explained just at the end there, that, that sense of um, making every day a ceremony or a ritual of connection to something that's um, within yourself, but is found all around you. And so for me, that's how a good day goes. That's how a good moment goes is when you've found that sense of connection of being a witness of what you have within yourself, your ability to control and manage and play with that that's going on inside. And then your ability to witness and engage and receive something that is vastly outside of yourself. And so becoming that little, a little bridge um, of what's out there and what's inside. Um, so for me, what is a good life? A good life is that point of connection. And the moment you said that, I kind of smiled to myself and just thought of the the friend of mine that I met earlier for a potential collaboration. And the theme we just talked about for for two hours prior to this was connection and disconnection. So that, 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 that get, the, it's all playing out at the same time. <laughs> they'll get a they'll get a great kick out of this when I, whenever oh, I publish this and send it on to them. Look, that's cool, Danielle. Look, 
thank you so much for your time and thank you so much oh, for joining you. me here in the what is a good life podcast uh, as ever i enjoy these conversations immensely and uh, i shall look forward to our to our next explorations oh, likewise mark really these are brilliant conversations i love having them even if they're recorded <laughs> um thank you so much because <laughs> uh, um stretching beyond my uh, shyness and, and getting this recorded it's it's nonetheless great to just forget about that and have these conversations with you because um they are that point of connection and that ability to kind of thread all of these things together and what you're doing is just uh, really amazing so thank you so much for having me on it's again a pleasure to to chat with you